It is Friday, July 28th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploop, on location in New York City. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well, and producer BBD on the ones and twos up there at the John Boy Media Compound. All right. You ready for an exciting weekend in the big city? I am. I'm, uh, I'm, I've been having, collect myself a little bit. I've been having a great time in New York. We've done all the touristy things so far. I'm going to do possibly the Statue of Liberty today. We went to Lion King last night. I've just been cruising around uh, Times Square with the kids. They love the lights. There were some like ladies that were basically naked. And that was interesting because you don't want to show that to little kids. So I had some questions there. New York, what's up with that? Uh, But it's been great. I've had a great time here. Okay. Well, let's. um, Yeah. I know about the naked cowboy. But geez, that's all right. Where do you think Olivia is while you're working? She's hanging with the naked. <laughs> with the naked cow? No, she's she's taking them to a museum right now. She's very worldly. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, I know people. It's funny. You always mention in the in the chat or in our YouTube comments, you talk about Shohei too much. I don't give a shit today because he is our tip of the cap after what he did during the doubleheader. First shutout in the show after seven of them over in Japan. One hit shut out in game one, multi-homer game in game two. Maybe would add a shot at a third if he hadn't cramped up afterward. So Shohei, less than 24 hours after you added Giolito and Lopez to your stable, he came out and made a statement in a doubleheader sweep. That was awesome. Incredible. And we, we talk about the vibes in the clubhouse after, you know, uh, trading for Lucas and Ronaldo and and keeping Shohei like Shohei brought it upon himself to get the vibes even higher man incredible performance by him and we were talking about is that the single best day of baseball ever played Rick Wise did have a no hitter in a multi homer game in 1971 okay that's okay. pretty good okay nice job who is that yeah What'd you say? Wise, he was he was a solid pitcher in the big league seventies, early eighties. And then he hit um, in the second no, game of a doubleheader, or this is in the same game? No, that was all in the same game. So he threw a no hitter and Holy hit two home shnikey. runs. Yeah, that's pretty okay. good. Okay, my bad, Rick Wise. Yeah. He was a really, really good hitting pitcher. Um, I think he, he had six homers that year. Maybe he had 15, 16 in his career. Good, good player. Good, good, uh, really good athlete. So good for you, Shohei. But let's start with the team whose cap I am donning. Uh-oh. The New York Mets. Welcome to the bizarro world because Dave Robertson is on the move for a pair of minor league teenage infielders. Yeah, he's headed from the Mets to the Marlins. It's the Marlins who are a half game out in the wild card chase. The Mets who are seven games out. Before we break down the trade and everything else, here's a guy who might be the next one to go. Mark Canna on the disaster that's been going on in Queens. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we're we're all professionals here. We know what the business is like, and we know the 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 facts. And the facts are that we're not in a great spot at the time being, and it doesn't help us that the trade deadline is now instead of in two weeks. But we don't, get, you know, we probably should have played better earlier if we wanted to be buyers instead of sellers. Let's just start with this. How shocked are you that on July 28th, this team is officially a seller? I mean, because I know where they're at 
I'm not super shocked. I still think there's a little bit of that in me, but if you told me before the season that they'd be trading to the Marlins and the Marlins were ahead of them and they were going to be buyers, I would have told you you're crazy, man. Like this is a team. We we've talked about this before. You know, they put together this roster, spent a lot of money on this roster. And, you know, they had some young guys come up like this is like, this is a team that was fully believed in. Like you bring in Francisco Alvarez and Beatty's up and like you sign Nimmo and you extend, you know, McNeil and you bring in Lindor a couple of years ago, you bring in these pitchers that you brought in and this is where we're at. It's, it's wild to me now. Like you could say, well, they could still do it with it's, it's, it's David Robertson. He's, this is, this was the guy closing games for you. I know Edwin Diaz isn't there, but this is the guy that's the back end of your bullpen. Jerry Blevins himself said it. So you rose like, this is the white flag. Mm-hmm. And if Robertson goes, then yeah, there are other guys now that you better trade, I guess. Right? Like you can't just do this. Like if you're going to sell, then sell. But I can't see that this isn't like one of those things where we can be buyers and sellers, right? Like that doesn't make any sense to no. me. Not not in this regard. So I'm shocked, man. I'm shocked. I'm happy for the Marlins on their end. They've yeah. had some blown saves as of late. So, you know, they're trying to figure that out. They still need bats, but it's crazy. It's crazy. And I and I honestly can't believe that they ended up doing this because of what Steve Cohen has said publicly in the media about wanting to win a world series and like they're punting on this year and it's, and, and like, they're not in contention right now. Not really. So like, I guess I understand it, but it, it's shocking to me that they actually pulled the trigger. I'm sad and I'm disappointed. I liked it that they built the team the way that they have right now. I know that when Steve Cohen took over, he said, listen, our goal is to be the Dodgers of the East coast, which means that you can spend, but you also have to draft and develop and make wise, shrewd trades. And they just haven't lived up to that back end of the bargain yet. I mean, they might end up, some of these young guys that are up there right now could end up being stars. They've had their moments. Um, but I am I am disappointed. Because I, I thought it was going to be really fun for the, the fans in Queens there this year. Your team spent a half billion dollars on their payroll, between payroll and taxes. And it hasn't worked out. It, it, to me, it is upsetting. Some people are like, oh, it's great. It shows you can't buy a championship. I like it. I would love it if my owner freaking said, here, let's go get the best players. And here's what, here's part of the reason I'm disappointed. I think those players are hurt. I think these players are embarrassed, and I think they're really disappointed. And for the most part, I haven't heard one wrong word out of these guys. They've been accountable every step of the way. They're like, we fucked this up. We fucked up a golden opportunity. We all wish that our bosses believed in us the way that Steve Cohn believes in the New York Mets players. And they've disappointed him, and they've disappointed their fan base. And these aren't shots at them. These are facts. The players will be the first one to tell you that. And that makes me sad because I felt like they did it an okay way. They've had a bunch of homegrown guys that they've rewarded. Pete Alonso hasn't gotten that rich deal, but he was a homegrown guy. McNeil, Nimmo. The pitching staff, they went out and they bought those guys or they traded for them. And that hasn't worked out great. Man, that's this is a tough watch. And quickly now, I mean, Tommy Pham, you got to trade him. Mark Cannon just mentioned like 
He could be gone. Pete Alonso. Hey, yes or no? Does Verlander go this weekend or not? I mean, he's got another year. Like, there's still pieces here. So I, 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 I say no unless they're they get overwhelmed by a package. But at this point, see Rosie. I don't know. And I think that's an appropriate. I would say answer. this. I think that remember he and Scherzer both have no trades. Justin Verlander loves the spotlight. That's not a negative statement. He loves it. He he wants to be in October. I understand. He said, listen, I signed with the Mets because I believed in what we're doing, and I still do. That's fine. Wouldn't surprise me if he's having meetings with Billy Epler and Steve Cohn saying, hey, listen, I'll take a trade to the Dodgers. And he might take a trade to Texas. Mark Feinstein's reported that. That one I'm not as in on, but I could see the one in, in L.A. I could see that if the Dodgers are interested in taking on that type of money. We'll see. Yep, we will see. Uh, speaking to the Dodgers, Jorge Castillo of the LA Times reports that the team not done collecting infielders. Kike Hernandez, Ahmed Rosario on consecutive days. Now they're sniffing around Nolan Arenado, who has a full no trade with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a local kid from Southern California. Would probably be paired with a starting pitcher, either Flaherty or Montgomery. Some of LA's young talent, some of it that we've seen up here, Bobby Miller's at the top of the list would go back to St. Louis, maybe a Chris Taylor, a Max Muncy, a both. Does this get your trade juices flowing or are you not even paying attention because it sounds so silly? I love it. What are you talking? Of course this gets my trade juices flowing. Thinking about Nolan Arenado on the Dodgers mixed with uh, all the rest of those guys, I, I just did talking baseball and Jake said that sounds like the WBC roster for the Team USA essentially. You know, mixing a little Freddie Freeman there, switching sides. Uh, I think it would be not only a great trade for the Dodgers this year, or for anyone, but we're on the Dodgers because that's the report. Uh, think about Nolan Arenado. He's a he's a premier player in this league. He's a future Hall of Famer, uh, like no doubter. He's owed thirty five million dollars next year, but five of it's getting paid by the Rockies. He's owed thirty two million dollars a year for that, but five is getting paid by the Rockies. His numbers go down at the end of the contract. And it only takes him to 36 through 2027. The way that Nolan Arenado like takes care of himself, he's just like a straight up baseball rat, like loves the game. That's all he cares about. Like the Dodgers should be in on him. They should be trying to pry him away from the Cardinals. And if the Cardinals trade him, it is silly to be honest with you. It is silly for oh, them. I don't think so. You don't think don't it's think silly? So. Oh, you're crazy. No, get, no, because you get rid of this guy. Well, because you have to get something good in return. Now, I if I'm the Dodgers, what's, Bobby what's better than that? If, if you want one of these other pitchers or a couple of our other pitchers that have thrown for us this year, you can have those guys. I'm keeping Bobby Miller out of the equation. But if I'm the Cardinals, you have to look at this. They don't have anybody close in the minor leagues that's going to help them on the mound. And their pitching has been a disaster for the most part this year. Three-fifths of it is out after this season. Wainwright's retiring. Flaherty's a goner. Montgomery's a goner. So if you can replenish it with young, controllable pitching, maybe you can be on to something. Because, what are you shaking your head at? They have so, to fix this pitching rotation. Okay. I just think that you have this guy on, you know, I know on the surface it doesn't look like a team-friendly contract, but, dude, 
Like okay. he opted into this and we laughed at it after all those guys got $300 million. Like he's right. worth so much more than this. So you're talking value. It's there's value in this contract, especially because there's that extra five mil that gets kicked out by the Rockies. Okay, exactly. That's why you can demand more from the Dodgers at this. I time. get it, but I'm just and saying, dude, I don't know. If we believe the report that Chris Taylor and or Max Muncy would be involved in this, you put Muncy at third. I understand you're replacing one of the greatest defensive third basemen we've ever seen with a guy who's not one of the greatest defensive third basemen we've ever seen. But Max Muncy hits the ball out of the yard. He can take his walks. So you're getting a player. I, I don't I don't know if I want to label a guy 75% of Nolan Arenado or whatever number you want to put on there. But you're getting something. You're not getting just a blah player. Who's who's going to be the guy that runs that clubhouse in St. Louis? Because Paul Goldschmidt has one more year. Nolan Arenado, you trade him. Then what, dude? It's It becomes like, who's running it? Okay. So do you want to just repeat what you saw this year and have nobody start games for you next year? I don't want to do. I I don't want to. I don't want to trade Nolan Arenado to go get pitching. I'd figure a way to get pitching other than trading Nolan Arenado. Good luck. Get I trade. I, I would trade Paul Goldschmidt faster than I would trade Nolan Arenado. Now that's a different discussion. I would definitely listen on Goldschmidt this weekend. I absolutely would. I think that he's a game changer for the next year and a half. Sure. I think that lack of a length of a contract makes him very appealing for a lot of teams, and. He can change series in a second. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about Arenado. Yes or no, does he get traded? Arenado? Yeah. My heart says no. Okay. I don't think he does either, but man, it would be fun. I love chaos. I want to see it happen. All right. I want to welcome everybody to the world of sports cards reimagined. So whether you're a brand new collector or you have shoe boxes full of cards in your attic, the Sports Card Investor app, it will completely change the way that you buy, sell, and collect. In fact, you can jumpstart your collection by finding the best prices on cards for your favorite players, helping you build a one-of-a-kind collection, and save some dough along the way. You easily track the value of your favorite cards, find the best prices with eBay deals, and see which players are on the rise from the palm of your hand. Like, I check my stocks every day on this bad boy. You can do the same in the world of sports card collecting. With an up-to-date sales data of over 2 million cards, you know exactly what your collection is worth and when to buy or sell. This is available for free in Google Play and the App Store. Reimagine how you collect and download the Sports Card Investor app today. How's your collection doing, okay? I found some Ellie De La Cruz rookie cards. Now, if he would step it up a little bit, people don't even know that he's kind of struggling as of late. Found some rookie cards. I got some. I got some good ones, man. By the way, uh, Christian Yelich. I just did an interview with him before the show. That'll be out on the Rose Rotation Monday. We talked about the scoreboard operator up there in Milwaukee, basically taunting De La Cruz. Yeah, not good. I bet Yelich did not like that. It was pretty funny. His response. <laughs> that was. That Yelly, was pretty good. People don't know Yelich's old school as shit. Yeah, he is. He is. He yes. is an old school, like 30 or 31 year old. He yes. Is old school. He really no is. Question. Hey, let's get back to the Cardinals because there was a weird game last night. Got going right in the first inning. Uh, Ian Hap on a swing through 
hit his old teammate, Wilson Contreras, right in the head, actually caused some bleeding. Contreras tried to stay in the game, couldn't, had to get some stitches in his dome. Hap, on the way out, gave his old teammate and good friend a big old hug, like, dude, I am sorry that that happened. That wasn't good enough for the starting pitcher, Miles Michaelis, who buzzed his tower with one pitch, and then the next one kind of soft-tossed him and hit him in the hip. So here's the way things went down, and I want you to listen to the broadcast on Bally's Midwest. This is the Cardinals broadcast you're going to listen to. And another message sent. They're going to talk it over. They'll issue warnings. They throw them out? Wow, they Come just on. throw Michaelis out of the game. you got to be kidding me. Have a little feel for baseball. Have a little feel for the game. I'm sorry. That is absolutely having zero feel. He didn't hit him in the head. He didn't go at him above the shoulders. He caught him right in the hip. Cannot do that. Okay. Can you <laughs> defend Miles Michaelis with his decision? Or are you up in arms that the umpires threw him out without warning? There is so much to unpack here, Chris. And I'm probably, people are going to like, I always hesitate. I'm always hesitant to give my like takes on all this because there's like such different crowds uh, in this baseball okay, world. Well, let's break it down bit by bit here. You go with okay. your first. Ball. Okay. So Hold Ian Happ, he's done that a few times. Uh, uh, like he's hit catchers before he has the long follow through. And as a catcher, you kind of have to know that you're, these guys want to get up close so they can steal strikes. It's kind of what they're taught now. Um, so like, it's not great that Ian does that. Like as a hitter, you don't want to do that. And other the catchers know the guys that do it. They're not happy with the guys that have the long follow through. So we'll start there. Like, it's not great that Ian does that, but it is his swing and you should know that. So I'm not really faulting Ian here for doing it. I'm just saying that guys are aware of guys that do this and it's, it's, they don't like it. Right. So we'll start there. Now, Michael is hitting him. I think is stupid. Like half apologizes. They hug it out. I don't think he saw that. I think he was he was like taking Contreras' stuff off the field, didn't see that aspect of it. So he gets back on. And again, I'll tell people this. Like the old school way of baseball, you want to think it's just ushered out of the game. It's not. Like there's plenty of people that still abide by those rules. And like you can like them or you can not like them. It doesn't matter what you think because you're not in the clubhouse. Like this still goes on where guys want to protect their teammates. And in certain circumstances, I still believe in that as well. Now, throwing it, guys, is one way that they do that in the big leagues. You call it policing yourselves, whatever it is. I think this wasn't really the time, and especially if you have to go back in there twice. Like, if you want to send a message, you sent the message, bro, on the first one that you went up and in. You didn't hit him. Going back twice is, you know, I draw the line there. You get one chance, bro. If you want to send a message, you want to do your thing, you get one. You don't get two. Now, so I don't agree with Michaelis throwing at him, especially the second time. Then Ian Happ just walks down to first base. What he said after the game was super on par with Ian Happ being just a classy individual. He's basically saying, I'll take take my base, help my team. No big deal. He apologized, talked about Contreras saying, I hope he's okay. I hate that that happened. So he handled everything right. And then all the chirping back and forth, that's just part of the game. I really don't have a take on that. Like Cubs are going to are, are going to defend Hap and tell Michaelis to get back in the dugout. Jack Flaherty comes up in Michaelis's defense because he wants to have his boys back. I don't have a problem with what that. What about the umpires ejecting him? We've seen it in recent days. They're like on a run with this. If they think something's 
something's on purpose, they're going to ring you. And clearly it was on purpose when you go back for the second time. So I don't have a problem with them throwing him out because, well, I mean, me personally, like I understand what it's Brad Thompson, right? The guy, the announcer for the Cubs yeah. or for the Cardinals, former pitcher. So clearly he has that take. Um, I don't know if I would have thrown him out. I don't, I, I, but that's the way they're umpiring right now. That's the way they've been told to do it. And if there's intent, you can toss them. You can get together and toss them. There clearly was intent. So he gave him a reason to do it. So I'm not like that up in arms about it. Uh, but this whole thing was just, you know, it was one of those uh, situations in a game it. that just unlocks so many different rules and non-rules. And what are we doing? I, I thought it was fascinating. It was stupid. Let's call it what it was. It was stupid. And Brad who was Thompson, stupid? Who was stupid? Actually, I'm most embarrassed for the Cardinals broadcast, to be honest with you. Okay. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, have some feel. Have some. Well, hold on. Maybe you should be talking to your pitcher. Miles yeah. Michaelis have some feel. Like, that was an accident. You don't have to like it. It was upsetting. And even I'll give Michaelis the benefit of the doubt. If he didn't see Hap hug. Contreras, okay, but they're teammates. Former the teammates. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense to me. Like, what's worse, intentionally throwing a ball up and in in somebody, or an accidental swing where you hit someone? It was an accident. Miles Michaelis then decided, "I'm going to throw ninety plus near your head." What? Have some feel, right? Have some feel. It was a fucking accident. It was a mistake. That That's it's where it. I differ with the broadcast because he did go. He said, oh, he did it the right way. Hit him in the hip. Well, the first one it. was up in the, near his head. The second one was in the hip. Okay. Can I ask you this? What if the first pitch had just hit happen in the butt the way that it did at 85 miles an hour, whatever it was? Would that have taught Ian Happ anything? Like, I'm here to teach you a lesson. What fucking lesson did he teach? Happ isn't going to change his swing. He's been in the show for seven years. It's not going to teach him anything, but this is right. telling you it's just it's just part of the game that's still there. And, you, and guess what? It's going to be there in 10 years too, dude. It is. Well, it's, 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 it's it is the freaking idiot. truth. And yeah, I don't agree with it. There's a lot of things that I don't agree with that are just part of it. It's amateurish. And I listen, I'll give credit to Miles Michaelis. That man can lie through his teeth. Because if you listen to him afterward, he was like, listen, I'll show you the scouting report. It says to come in and on him. Like, All they have to God say. Damn, you, you did that without cracking a smile. And Miles Michaelis, best show hair mustache combination. I just okay. want to finish it on that because I don't want to say. On a positive note, I like I, that. Okay. I, yeah. I, I mean, I can disagree with Miles Michaelis, but still respect the the look <sighs> pitchers man Yankees fans are going to like this look agent 99 expected to be back in the lineup tonight in Baltimore after missing seven weeks Aaron Judge gonna be back in the lineup we think said that bad toe since jamming it into the wall out of Dodger Stadium in early June so now the question is is his return enough to make a good strong playoff push or does this team need help I've asked around the office of our Yankee fans here what they think, and I, I kind of had the 
sense already of what I was going to say and just kind of confirmed it. You know, it's with Judge, the Yankees are a different team. There's no doubt about it. So I think that him coming back puts them firmly back in the race. Yes, just him. Now, do they need more? How long have we been talking about the Yankees needing a left fielder instead of parading a bunch of infielders out there? Like they need a left field. They could really use a left fielder. They can use Stanton to get going. They could use DJ LeMahieu to get going. They can use Carlos Rodon to figure it out. Like there's people in that clubhouse are going to have to improve along with Aaron Judge coming back if they really want to make a true run at this thing. Uh, do I think they can add more to their roster? Sure, 100%. But if Aaron Judge comes back and then Rizzo has now figured it out, hopefully, and then those other guys that I mentioned can up their game a little bit, then there, there's there's still enough on that roster for them, yes, to be uh, a, a playoff contender. Because as bad as we want to make it seem, and like Yankee fans, this is like Armageddon for them. They are uh, still six games over 500. They're two and a half back of the wild card. So like they're clearly within striking distance. Getting judged back is going to be huge for them. There still can be some stuff on the peripheral that can be added. Uh, but mainly I think it's guys on the roster improving. And then yes, judge coming back. Yeah, I don't think they're going to pry Cody Bellinger away from the Cubs. I think they've been on too hot a streak. Are there some other players that could make a difference? I mean, is a Randall Gretchen uh, an improvement? Probably. Probably. Uh, But I don't think there's a ton of bats out there that are going to make a huge difference. It's as simple as other guys have got to be better. Now, the question I've got is when Aaron Judge enters the lineup, is that like getting your closer back and everybody just feels better because they're more comfortable of the inning and the situation they're pitching at the back end of the bullpen. It's very possible. All I can tell you is dude is unreal. He should go back into Brian Cashman's office before tonight's game. I don't, I know the game's in Baltimore, but you can take a tr- the Acela train down, go do it right now. If you're listening, Aaron and say, I'd like to renegotiate because <laughs> I mean way more to this franchise than we thought <laughs> after last off season, he still leads. He's missed seven weeks. He still leads the team in homers. And he still leads the team in war. That's impressive. It's insane. Yeah. So he's a difference maker. I do think they're a playoff team with him in the lineup. Uh, And in the American League, where I still don't know who the best team is, if things go well with that pitching staff, if Nestor Cortez comes back, if Carlos Rodon gets his shit together, and if Garrett Cole continues to just be Garrett Cole with that bullpen in the playoffs, you never know. Might be enough. Might be enough. We'll see. Could be fun. I'm I'm happy he's back. I am far from a Yankee fan, but I love it when our stars are here. I'm a huge Aaron Judge guy, and he loves returning because he loves feasting on Baltimore pitching, where I believe he has 38 career homers in 93 games. Oof. He will go deep at least twice this weekend. Uh, speaking of this weekend, Saturday, July 29th, 8 o'clock Eastern, it's Errol Spence Jr. against Terrence Crawford for the undisputed welterweight world championship. Where can you see it? Live on ppv.com. ppv.com, the only streaming platform where boxing fans can participate in a live interactive fan chat hosted by boxing experts. And you know who the boxing expert is for Spence Crawford? That'd be our own old man, Dan Canobio, teamed with Chris Algieri and legendary boxing writer Lance Pugmire. They will love your opinions. They love it when you go back and forth. Like if you've been in the chats on our blitz ball or our ball and play league, uh, you know how much fun that can be. The give and take. That's what you're going to get for one of the bigger fights that we've seen. 
PPV.com, the most convenient, most reliable, most engaging way to stream pay-per-view events, and no subscriptions required. Gotta love that. So download PPV.com app to all your favorite devices, which means you can watch on your computer or your phone, or of course, stream it up to the big screen TV. Order Spence Crawford on PPV.com right now. Believe me, it is the very best way to watch this fight. You will not want to miss it. Before we get out of here on the podcast and YouTube side of things, congratulations once again to Clayton and Ellen Kershaw with their Clayton Kershaw ping pong challenge. They had it yesterday on an off day at Dodger Stadium. Our boy Miggy Rowe team with Mario Lopez. That's kind of cool. Uh, I have faced Mario Lopez in this event before. He's actually a pretty solid ping pong player and a good athlete. But of course, the champions, none other than Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, because why not? That's incredible. So I ask you this. Who at our office would win an event like this in a ping pong challenge? I would. Really? I'm I'm, I'm pretty nice with the paddle. I'm pretty nice with the paddle, Chris. I, I would love to be in that event. Clayton Kershaw, I don't know if you know, I'm friends with your buddy Matthew. If you ever want to invite me to your ping pong tourney, you want a little juice, a little bit of competition, I'm your guy. Hold on. What about the two of us teaming up? Why do you have to go? Can you play, your buddy Matthew? That's an NFL starting quarterback. He's a because, little fucking busy these days. Because Clayton knows Matthew. I don't know if you know that. Went to high school together. Well, he knows me too. Okay, then can you play? That's all I care about. You got ball, ball skills or what? I used to. I don't move around as well as I want. Okay. To do. Well, I need me and JJ Hardy would come in that thing and whoop everybody. JJ, JJ Hardy's the Where'd best. JJ Hardy's the best ping pong player I've ever seen. Him and Reggie Miller. Oh. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go Ooh, with that's a good, what, me and with Reggie Jimmy. Miller. Me and Reggie Miller. Well, that'd be a good one. We're coming. I'm going to go with um, with Jimmy's younger brother, Luca. I'm going to go with Luke O'Brien. I think why? That, because he's a really good athlete. He, he does everything well. So I'm just going to, you know, plus yeah. he went to my, uh, he went to my school. He went to Miami University. And I know we play a lot of beer pong down there. So he probably spent a lot of time doing things that he shouldn't have done and one of them at the end of the night was playing beer pong. We don't need to give Lucas any more shine. Lucas Lucas likes Lucas a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Here you All I right, listen, dude. I like myself. Have a great, great weekend with your family. You're back at it on Monday, right? Yes, sir. Okay, awesome. Uh, let's hope that there's plenty of big names trading places so we have shit to talk about on Monday. I cannot wait. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and our other one-of-a-kind producer, BBD, for helping out in the studio, that is the amazingly talented and Lion King-watching Trevor Flew. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Baseball Today.